Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard, and you're listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. Non-precision approaches really don't get enough credit or enough practice. Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com, and you are listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast, brought to you by M0A.com and brought to you by Bose and the new Bose A20 headset. If you've been watching our videos recently, you've seen me flying, myself and the entire team here, flying with the Bose A20 headset. Hearing is one of those things that you just can't get back by taking a magic supplement or anything like that. I wish I had a headset like the Bose A20 very early on in my flight training. Precision approaches. We fly them over and over we, with WAS, and we're so spoiled with GPS and ILS approaches that our non-precision approaches really start to take a back seat sometimes. Why do we always shy away from a non-precision approach? Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you shot a VOR approach? A localizer-only approach? Maybe a localizer back course approach? How about this one for a crazy one? When's the last time you shot an NDB approach? Well, I'm guilty of that one. I'm raising my hand because it's been a few years since I, in real life, have shot an NDB approach, mostly because they're just, they're so hard to come by. But I have recently shot a VOR approach, a localizer only approach, and a localizer back course, which also is another hard to come by type approach. You see, WAS has really and truly spoiled us. It is so inexpensive, it is so easy to just go out there and have a GPS approach created. You see, even at private airports now, they can go out and they can create these GPS-type approaches, and for an inexpensive fee, this private airport now has a GPS approach, which is just fascinating when you think about it. But really, we're just building longitudinal and latitudinal points in space for our aircraft to actually fly to. So some homework for you is when have you last shot that non-precision approach? And let's take a moment to kind of recap non-precision approaches and some of the acronyms like VDP and MDA that go along with it. Remember, we fly these down to an MDA, a minimum descent altitude. Not having a glide slope, not having that vertical guidance, the goal is to actually get down to that MDA as soon as possible so we have an opportunity to look outside. With an MDA, obviously it's much higher than say like a decision height or a decision altitude, but a precision approach, and hear me out on this, a precision approach is geared to take you down that vertical guidance, that, that slope, let's call it, 
at 500 feet per minute. Now that is a standard approach. So hear me out. Uh, it, it's it's going to be different in different circumstances with different gradients and everything else. But a standard ILS, a standard LP, whatever type approach you're shooting, it's a precision approach, is geared towards 500 feet per minute. So the FAA recommends that on a non-precision approach, you actually descend at 700 feet per minute. I don't have that vertical guidance, but I can trim the airplane for an airspeed that gets me down at 700 feet per minute. Because the goal is I wanna reach that 600, that 700 feet AGL and get down soon enough so I either break out of the cloud sooner or it gives me more time to be stabilized at six or 700 feet, which is awfully intimidating when you're still in the clouds, but get down to that altitude and start looking for my runway lights, runway markings, whatever it may be, as I get down. So we hold that MDA until when? Until that missed approach point or until reaching something called VDP, Visual Descent Point. Now, when I say what it is, you'll remember, a lot of people, when I say, what's the VDP for this, they look at me like I'm crazy. When I explain to you what it is, you'll remember from either your instrument days or if you're actively in your instrument training. You see, the FAA's definition of a visual descent point is where we last have an opportunity to make a normal, stabilized approach. Now, remember here, the FAA says, to descend from an MDA, to descend from a decision height, decision altitude, I have to have what? Okay, I have to have something visual. Remember that big long list of visual things I have to have? I have to have one of those at least. And I have to be in a point to make a normal landing. A normal stabilized approach is actually what the FAA calls it and how they break it down. Meaning I can't see the runway numbers when they're right underneath me and drop, drop the power back and slip it in, you know, in three quarters of a statute mile visibility. I need to make a normal stabilized approach from where I'm at. You see a VDP is really the same thing. So if you look and it literally has a bold V on there and it'll show you the VDP point for a non-precision approach. That as you're flying, I talked about this in a recent Ask Jason a Question segment. So as you are descending, if you were to hit that VDP, that VDP is, it's not, this is, let me just go real world Jason with you for just a second. It's not technically a missed approach point. Because if we're shooting a VOR approach, the missed approach point is probably the VOR, or it's probably time, whatever it may be in that case. But beyond a VDP, I'm no longer permitted to land that airplane. Because a VDP says the FAA has determined that this is the last place, this visual descent point is the last place where you can make a normal stabilized approach in. So, hypothetically, I'm flying a VOR approach into the runway 36 at Ocala, let's say. And I'm flying on in and it's, I'm kind of in and out of the clouds. I'm at the bases at 680 feet. I'm holding that MDA. I'm flying along and sure enough, I pass the VDP, the visual descent point, and I don't see anything. And geez, I, I don't even pass it but a tenth of a mile 
I'm past that visual descent point because it's usually, it's based on DME from the VOR, at least in our case. And I pass it. And then sure enough, I see the runway. But I've passed that visual descent point, which says this is, Jason, the last point. Really, you have an opportunity to adhere to that definition of a normal stabilized approach, and I've already passed it. So I can wave at the runway, I can look at it, but I'm going missed. It's not called a missed approach point because the real missed approach point is not till you flip flop and cross over the VOR. So I'm going around, I'm going missed. I know there's hope to see that runway. I'm gonna hope the, some wind moves some clouds around or the ceilings raise just a little bit as I get vectored back out and shoot that approach again and hope for a different result. But that's how a visual descent point works. It's not a missed approach point, but it, in a way, if you fly past it, it doesn't matter what happens, you legally can't make that landing because you have to make a normal stabilized approach. And a lot of times, the FAA just leaves that up for you to determine. Jason, how do you define a normal stabilized approach? And that's just the FAA being vague with things, right? Well, sometimes they come out with these VDPs and make it very specific. From here on out, we've determined you can't make that normal stabilized approach. Now, this includes laterally as well. What if I'm way to the left of my course even? I mean, we think of normal stabilized approach, we're just thinking I've got the localizer nailed and I'm flying just straight on down the pipes and everything's going great, but trust me, we don't always fly perfect approaches now, do we? So this includes laterally as well. Can you make a normal stabilized approach from where you are at? Think about it too. What if you're shooting a VOR alpha approach? Who listening to this has done that? A VOR alpha approach is an approach that isn't specific to any one runway. It always leads to circling because it just gets you to the airport. The minimums are very high. We have one for the Donnellan Marion County Airport. It uses the Ocala VOR. And the reason it's a VOR alpha approach is because the VOR is nowhere close to the actual airport. It's about 10 nautical miles away. So the best it can do is get you down to about 800 feet AGL and just get you close to the runway complex. It doesn't line you up for any particular runway. The goal is just to get you down, get you in some class golf airspace, one mile clear of clouds just about, and go from there is what the real goal that is. And you make a circling approach to whatever runway um, is best suited for the wind. But even in that case, you still have to be in a position because you're guaranteed circling if you actually break out to circle and make a normal stabilized approach. You see, these are all things you probably knew, but it's so great. I mean, you're living out that good pilot is always learning mantra now, aren't we? Just by hearing these things again and refreshing our memory. It's so easy as an instrument pilot to fly the same approaches, always look for the precision GPS approach, always look for the ILS, cue it up in the GPS, cue it up in the autopilot, and let the autopilot fly the rails just straight on down. And you're a manager at that point. And it's fine to some extent, but your stick and rudder skills will quickly erode if that's the case. And actually in next week's episode, we're going to talk more about, hey, I've got my instrument rating. Hey, I've passed my check ride. Now what? Because a lot of people don't go beyond instrument. 
they earn their private pilot and everyone aspires to be an instrument pilot and they achieve that. But very few people, unless they're career minded or just really uh, chasing certificates, do they go out and get their commercial or get their CFI? Majority of people stop at their instrument. So the question is, now what? And we'll answer that question in next week's episode. I want to thank you guys so much for coming out to Oshkosh. It was so wonderful uh, to meet so many of you, shake so many hands. I just met so many of you, said, Jason, I love the podcast. Uh, We need more of them. So we are, um, as you can imagine, we're we're always swamped with stuff. We shoot um, 12 to 15 videos per day either flying or in the studio for YouTube, for our ground school, to update our courses. There's just so many things we're always doing. Um, and uh, podcasting is going to be uh, a little more regular for us. So be watching for that. Be sure to subscribe in iTunes. Appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, post your your reviews, your comments, and just uh, and verbalize them in Oshkosh. It really means a lot to us. Enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember... But a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.